0: going in the national football league right now. And, and, uh, uh, I think Clint uh, is highly intelligent. Uh, He's extremely hard worker. Um, I think we've put together an outstanding uh, staff uh, with a little bit of a mixture of some older veteran coaches that have been there, done that uh, with some uh, younger uh, progressive mindset, type of guys. And, and I think it's going to be a great mixture for,
1: our, for our organization. Yeah. Before we move forward to what, what we want to talk about.
2: Let me pause it right there. Uh, Dennis Allen said that, and his best buddy is showing pace. <laughs> uh, you, know, his offense, Kubiak style of Gary, Shan, uh, Gary, uh, Shanahan, uh, Gary Kubiak and Kyle Shanahan. Well, you know, you got Mike Shanahan, you got Gary Kubiak, that connection. And now you got Kyle Shanahan, the son of Mike Shanahan, and Clint Kubiak, the son of Gary Kubiak, all these guys, these former Denver guys uh, working uh, around the league. And that system has grown to success. The 49ers run it to perfection. And it also has other people operating the same system. You look at what Sean Payton, the Saints had great success with the Sean Payton system for 20 years. Now it's getting sold a bell of goods now because it was misused. You know, with most systems, it takes, uh, uh, it, you can't run them with toast leadership. All systems deserve accountability. Like, if you have a good system that you're operating for, and it was a time in, it was a time-proven system that the Saints have had, that they use. The Sean Payton system works when you run it correctly. So, to like, to uh, ban- to say that, you know, this is the best system that gives us the best opportunity to win. You know, I mean, you pick a guy that (laughs) you pick a guy that's a leader that holds people accountable, you would have success with that system. That wasn't Pete Carmichael. I mean, maybe Pete Carmichael as a a assistant to help that guy with the system of somebody that has some familiarity with with it, like, oh, Sean Payton's system just doesn't work anymore. That's why we threw it out. No, No, that's not it at all. You ran it wrong. You misused it. You didn't run it with some oomph and some accountability. You had a milk toast guy in there who didn't hold anybody accountable to anything, and, and that's why it failed. When we were asking questions about why the quarterback looks like this, why he looks like that, why the line, on, you know, and just you had nothing but excuses. There was no accountability there. But Clint Kubiak comes here, and I think he'll get a lot of room here in terms of what Dennis Allen, because one thing you can call about Dennis Allen, he's a backstabber, he's a weasel, but at the end of the day, he's not a meddler. He won't meddle. He'll allow you to do what you got to do on that line. And if you fail, then that's your fault. Now he will spend narratives and him and Mickey Loomis will spend narratives to protect you. And they will even bring out dumb stats. They would lie. They would dis- They would misdirect. They'll, you know, stuff like they did over the last couple of years to hide in an aptitude and mismanagement of what they was doing with this team. They'll come out and they'll protect you. Why you tear up everything? That's what I've said that all the time. But in terms of accountability, I actually like Clint Kubiak because he is a guy that not, he grew up in that system, man. I mean, that's like, I talked about it before. It's not something you was taught. Like, it's, you know, I just work with this guy that uh, that's that man's father. You know, and that's been a system that he's been knowing this guy was brought up in this stuff. You know, it's a whole nother world when you're brung up in this stuff. You know it like you know the back of your hand. You got inside game on it. Like as a guy is teaching his son the game, he going to give him all the game. He ain't going to hold nothing back. He's going to tell him all the truths. He's going to show him all the ins and outs. And plus, he's had all these different stocks, he stops that he had along the way. Where he knows uh, what guys he needs to have with him to make it work. So he has a really good staff of people. The Saints basically cleared out almost everybody except for Barone and who, uh, who else did they keep? They, they got rid of the, well, they didn't get rid of them. The running backs coach left to the Giants. Wide receiver coach Cody Burns got fired. They kept Clancy Barone, the tight end coach. They fired Mar- Marone. He should have been the first one the offensive line coach. They fired him, but they did keep several assistants from different positions here. Uh, they got rid of Curry, uh, you know, so they brought in their own guys, Janoco So, man, at the end of the day, all I can say is he'll have an opportunity to build that offense because, you know, they, they want him to be successful. But boy, oh boy, it's going to be a lot of pressure on him to do that. Uh, Do I see Hunter Renfro and this another Raider guy here along with the rest of the Raider guys that come through here? I don't, ah, man. Ah, man. Ah, I I don't know, fam. I, I hope not, man. Not, not no disrespect to Hunter, Hunter Renfro, but, um, you know, we have a good young wide receiver core already. And I think with Mike Thomas moves out of the way, that'll probably open up a position for maybe they'll go after a veteran, maybe not a more high-profile veteran, somebody that fits what they or are they are they doing or perhaps they might address it in the draft. But I don't know about Hunter Renfro, uh, Randy. Uh not Randy. Uh who asked me that? I'm sorry, fam. I just had it on screen. There you go. Yeah, uh, yeah, Randy. I'm sorry. I right, Brent says, uh, sounding like George Bush. Uh uh, yeah. Well, he does. <laughs> Uh, you fooled me once. <laughs> you can't fool me again. Oh, man. But anyway, yeah, that's the whole thing, man, with the Sean, the Clint Kubiak system. Yeah, we look in... The, the Sean Payton offense actually was supposed to be designed to be a QB-friendly system. I've seen... We've seen in history backup quarterbacks come in there and run the system to perfection. You know, they come in there because it's supposed to be designed to be QB-friendly. Um, The Clint Kubiak-style offense it has is a very... Um, very lively offense. You see a lot of most pre-snap motions going on, uh, a lot of misdirect concepts to kind of confuse you. And then they'll attack you on an angle, you know, or, you know, they, they're really good at that kind of confusing a defense, making you think about what they're going to do. And it's just, it's a really cool offense to run. But Like I said, a lot of pressure is going to be on Clint to perform because right now this is, this is. Probably going to be Dennis Allen last year unless they get the team into the playoffs. Another nine and eights won't not going to work. They need to produce a playoff, and all of them to do that, Clint Kubiak has to get his staff, and they got to hit the ground running. So, it's, it's a lot of pressure on Clint Kubiak to take this job. Let me tell you. Thank you, Brent. Appreciate that super chat, bro. All right, DGS says Clint Kubiak will hold car. Uh, yeah, I I actually I I agree a thousand percent. With this, That's what I said when they brought Clint Kubiak in here is that I really do think Clint Kubiak will hold Carr accountable. I really do think that. I really do think that. And that was the problem last year. The account of they uh, they coddled Carr too much, allowed him to make excuses. And that was the problem. The issue with the offense wasn't entirely the quarterback. A lot of it was on him. A lot of it was on the offensive line. Kubiak will be tasked with fixing both. Let me tell you, it's not gonna be an easy thing too for a first time offensive coordinator. Now he was a passing game coordinator, but the guy had never been an offensive coordinator before. And he will be tasked with, to take that because it's different. Like if you got your own guy, like you, you I got my own guy, I got a concept. I'll do this, that, and the third. Like you'll have a guy who's the uh, what's his name? Uh used to the you with USC. He was with USC last year, and now he's uh, going, he's with the Washington commanders right now. Uh, I forgot the man he used to be a coach for the, uh, Cardinals several years back. He's now the coordinator of the, the commanders there. He was at USC and now Clint King, Kingsbury. That's what I'm thinking about. Cliff Kingsbury. And he's up there. Oh, I forgot. It's a Kingsbury cliff, whatever it is. Yeah. This, this guy's up here, the Washington. Now he comes from USC and, of course, they're talking about him. Yeah, there you go. Thank you, DGS Kingsbury. You got him moving there. Now it's rumblings about them potentially going to try to get Williams uh, if they're given the trade-up to go and get him. And what I'm saying is because when you're an offensive coordinator, you have an idea of what quarterback you want to have to run your system. You see? And even though Carr has experience in a multitude of different systems, You would think that his adjustment period to bounce from one system would help him pick up things faster. It most certainly did not happen. You know, it didn't happen the way we anticipated it. Will it be a faster process for this new system? I, whether it is or it isn't, I'm going to lean on the side that it's going to take some time for him to pick up a whole nother system. And until then, they're going to have to figure a way how to run the damn ball. So, oh, Avis said he was, uh, oh, he was he? Okay, he had a little experience with Zimmers. Okay. Was that a full year? Was that a full year he was over there, Avis? Throw that in there, man. All right. Okay, so with the Vikings later to go for the, in 22, 20. okay, there you go. Okay, thank you, brother. Appreciate that. All right. So he has some experience. Okay. I stand corrected on that. I thought he didn't. All right, so anyway, Brent says the DA, yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you, Randy. Appreciate it. DA say even it looks unhealthy his possum complexion. Yeah, is that it got a it got a bright light over top of his head. <laughs> but that's what a weasel man, you you take a weasel and a skunk and you mix them with a human being, that's what it looks like. Anyway, let's figure finish up here. <laughs> I think finish up here.
1: Philosophically and scheme wise, and you you touched on it there a little bit. I know I've been told back in the day, you know, the way Gary when he ran it. At its highest level, it's almost unguardable at sometimes if it's done the right way, the way this offense can be run. But but specifically, Clint, coming from San Francisco and the way you've seen coaches depart out of San Francisco and have success, what is it that you learned maybe in that interview process with Clint about what that building is doing right to have guys prepared to make a jump like you're having Clint do?
0: Yeah, well, I just think it's really about... Um... You know, having, having a system that you believe in uh, and then being able mm-hmm. to clearly identify the players that fit that system um, and then being able to acquire the talent that fits that. And, and I, think, um, I think they've done as good a job as any in San Francisco of being able to do that. I think they have a belief system of, of things that they, they really firmly believe in. And they don't vary from that. Obviously, the scheme is, has evolved as it's go- gone along. Um, you know, mm-hmm. this goes back to you know Mike Shanahan coaching uh, back at Denver uh, through yep. you know, Coob going to uh, Houston, uh, and then and then carrying that scheme along. You know, when he went back to uh, Baltimore, and then he went to Minnesota, and you just see this scheme having a lot of success. There's probably a little bit more window dressing within the scheme now than maybe what there was, you know, ten mm. or fifteen years ago. Uh, but I just think it, it's it's a system that's quarterback friendly, uh, and and I think it relies on being able to run the football and uh, and get your play action passing game going.
3: Yeah, I love I love hearing you talk about this because you're a defensive guy, right? You've had the
2: scheme against this, so you know how much the <laughs> challenge it is um, schematic to be honest with you, that's the that's the philosophy of most offensive systems is you got to get – it's a balanced attack in the NFL. This is commonsensical, right? We understand that at the highest levels of most offensive uh, operating that they have to operate what's, what's called balance, which is running the football, throwing the football, running the football, throwing the football. Am I going to run it this time or am i am going to throw the football? Once you get things going – with both and you operate play action where you can c- draw a little trickery in there. You can be able to fool people and get that whole thing going. The new Orleans saints last year, were not consistently doing that, you know, and, and that's the big point of while um, we had so much dysfunction through the entire season and recognizing it and doing something about it. I think this year, maybe the difference is the accountability thing that Clint would bring. I think it's a big, it's a big, it's a big job that he has here to be able to do it. Now the Saints do have talent. He has to be able to find the right guys to bring in here because, like I said, some of these guys we might have in here might not be the right guys for the type of system that he sees. You know, and of course they're going to look at some of the talent and see what they need. Go around for agency, all the draft, and scout for the type of people that works for the type of system that they're trying to implement. That 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 uh, Kubiak style of offense here. That 49er style of offense here. So it's yes, he has a he has a pretty pretty big job to to do to get the Saints to consistently run the ball and find offensive line. And then on top of that, car. Now we're talking about the offensive line. That's a big part of it because without an offensive line, without having a good offensive line, I'll open up running lanes for your running game. It puts a lot of pressure on a used car. And it could be disastrous. But he has to, another thing is with his system, getting Carr uh, to understand what needs to be done. And like I said, it will probably help him with any of these guys if he would, if they can get the running attack going consistently to take pressure off the quarterback. But then when the quarterback is tasked to throw the ball, he completes the assignments. He does what he's supposed to do. But like I said, Clint Kubiak's a serious dude. I do like his accountability, because he really does believe in that. And in previous interviews I played for the family members, he talked about having high stress. He called it high stress practices. And high stress practices are that, you know, they just got it amped up because he believed that if you practice in those type of environments where it's high stress pressure, pressurized practices, that will give you a better game day experience in terms of what you'll see there, which makes the team more composed. So I'm, I'm bought in on both of those concepts. The only thing is, can he implement it uh, once we get everybody here around the quarterback to run it? So we'll see if Carr can get to that. Now, I'm not saying that he won't, he'll fall apart because we seen John Gruden uh, make Carr accountable. That's why he got the most out of him those years when nobody else did because he didn't coddle him and he cussed at him. He forced him to do stuff and he... Responded in kind to to John Gruden. Will he do the same for Clint Kubiak? If he wants to win, he will. And then on top of that, that advisor role, we talked about all of the signings that the Saints added to the team. That top advisory, maybe that offensive assistant role, man, be looking out for that car train as soon as he clears that, that group of uh, legal dealings that he has in July. So there's still one spot there left to be ran. All right. So anyway, that's finish up, man. Oh, hold on! Chris says, "What's up, Chris? Who that, Chris? (laughs) We needed to get rid of those clowns." Yeah, we it's got at least another year to see what happens, bro. I mean, that's what we forced to. Yeah, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Acquire talent, right? All right, slime says, "Uh, draft Penix. You want to draft Penix, fam?" My people ask me about draft quarterbacks all the time, man. I really don't think the Saints are going to draft the quarterback, and um. I don't think they're going to take a quarter. Like, if you look at uh, the quarterbacks that's out there, I don't think the Saints are going to take any high-ranking quarterback uh, behind Carr because they don't want to give Carr the feeling that he got a guy looking over his shoulder. And that's the part of the coddle of the situation. No, you need to feel the pressure so you get on your game, so you start spanning the field, so you don't feel comfortable. We don't need a guy that feels like – the position this is, Well, know, you need to earn that. I know they paying you all this money, but we, they ain't, they ain't paying you all this money to give up a nine and eight season with no playoffs. That don't work, man. I don't see how people can smile and, 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 and people say the, 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 the family base is um, giving a car a hard time. No car is giving the family base a hard time. I mean, people ain't going to just be, you know, upset for nothing, you know, unless they are crazy. And I know they not. They're upset because the guy not doing what he's supposed to do. That's what it comes down to. Uh, Avis is my biggest. uh, My biggest is that Carr doesn't learn offenses as fast as he needs to learn them. It seems like it took him most. It did take him most of the season, season. Avis, you're right. It took him up until the final month of the season to get Sean Payton's offense together or Pete Carmichael's version of Sean Payton's offense together. It took him the last month of the season. That was way too long. People kept telling him, what's taking so long for you to learn the system? Well, I'm studying, I'm studying, I'm studying. And then you would see him do all the stuff that he was doing out there. It was just a disaster, man. Jack says you either run to the open, <laughs> you either run to open the passing game or you, pay- exactly. Peyton's system was to pass first unless Drew was injured. Then he ran the hell out of the ball. Exactly. And he had the measurement where you put up, what, 30 plus runs a game, usually translate into a Saints win. Remember that? He he over and that was the thing about Sean Payton over relied on Drew Brees. He over relied on Drew Brees, like he uh, Drew had mastery of Sean Payton's offense, total mastery of it, and he over relied to him to a fault. Yeah, I got you, bro. I got your biggest fear. All right, thank you, bro. All right, yeah, yeah. A lot of zone blocking schemes. We'll see if they can do it. Yeah, I know, I know, Chris. I know, Chris says still pissed. (laughs) I got you, brother. Says. It's all right we
3: but you just said it this is a quarterback friendly system how do you think this is going to benefit Derek Carr
2: the last system he ran was a QB friendly system when are we going to stop making the excuses man Sure, there is no fr- no more clearer or f- a QB friendly system than what Sean Payton operated for the last 20 years we've seen multiple quarterbacks have success in that system. We've seen Drew have success in it. We've seen Teddy Bridgewater has success in it. We've seen Jameis Winston, who was seen as a gunslinger, had some success in the system. We've seen a lot of quarterbacks thrive in Sean Payton's system. It was so popping that we had that for 20 years. I mean, we didn't change our system for 20-something years. Now, listen, it had iterations to it where we had switched this around and moved this around, and it adjusted and grew with time. But we had that for 20 years. So at some point, people got to stop making excuses or this guy got to stop making excuses like the last system wasn't QB friendly. Come on, bro.
0: Well, look, I think Derek's going to do exceptionally well. You know, I thought there was a a point in time this past season where, um, you know, we started incorporating a little bit more of the play action passing game. And I really felt like that's where our offense started to take off. I thought that's where Derek really kind of started to take off. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I've had communication with Derek throughout this process, uh, you know, and talked to him about some of the different candidates that, you know, we were bringing in. Uh, and his brother, David, had played for Gary in in, uh, in Houston, and that was David's last year in, in Houston. I was kind of just a little bit concerned that, you know.
2: Oh, don't bring that shit up. He got tore up in Houston with that offensive line, man. They tore him up. He was one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. He got tore up every year, his brother playing in, in Houston. So I wouldn't definitely bring that system up. But it, they finally implemented the play action in the back of the year. The play action, that was the same play action we was talking about during the season. Uh, usually most systems operate using the play action. That's when you when you are in your bag with the play action and you're moving around, you got the, defense, the opposing defense head on the swivel. You got them where you want them to go because you don't know what you you can you don't they don't know what you're gonna do, and that's that's the point. So he finally got the play action going at the end of the year. That's funny. So I mean, we'll see. We'll see, man. Let's keep it going.
0: Maybe that wouldn't go over that great, and and, uh, and David had some really good things to say, you know, about the offensive scheme uh, and about how he. Uh, you know, really appreciated the scheme and the things that they were doing and and, and really enjoyed playing for for Gary and felt like, look, if if, if there's some similarities, which I think there's a ton between uh, Gary and Clint, that uh, it was gonna be a great fit. And so I'm really kinda excited about that.
1: It's interesting you you bring up Houston. I was a beat guy there when Gary was the head coach, and I remember those drafts, DA, of him kind of finding the guys that fit this scheme we're talking about throughout the draft. So I'm kind of curious, now that you make this switch on offense, what have the meetings been like, and does your draft philosophy maybe change a little bit in the style of player maybe you're looking at on the offensive line or some other spots with the way that Clint wants to run this? Yeah,
2: yeah, that this is a great point. Thank you, Jack. Says Carr got better toward the end of the uh t- uh because he says carr got better toward the end. They went to the one, maybe two reads you could tell carr is pretending they dumbed they dumbed it down, That's what you're saying, right, Jack. They dumbed the offense down for carr. I mean, the thing is pretending to go through reads, uh it's if you attend you see that's that's you know mind boggling to me that. And you're right. If you go and look at the tape, you can look, he'll stare here and then he'll go. And then sometime he would just stare down one side of the field. To me, I don't think a guy that does that is a guy that you want to pay that kind of money to, for real. I mean, because that's that's really flawed game. And that guy could be easily game-planned against. And that would explain, and we've talked about this before, why he didn't have the, uh, uh you know, the postseason success. He'd been there one time and he lost. He did. 10 years, he put up a lot of stats and then he gets to the game time, the big time. And a lot of people talked about him not having a complete team there, but you know what the saints gave him last year. I mean, he, this was probably one of the better complete units that he's had. We talking about offense and defense and we just, for whatever reason, they they couldn't get it to going early on in the season when it mattered. I mean, we talking months past months, several months until the team look decent. That's the last month of the season. It was still not good enough to get the Rams win. You know, uh, it just it just boggles my mind and know where it is, but I do have a little bit more um, positively for the situation because I knew that I know that the Kubiak coming in Clint Kubiak's coming here gives them more accountability. I really think he's coming here with accountability and he understands that he don't have time to dilly dally with car that he got a certain period of time that he got to get car together because the pressure's on. So I do buy into that.
0: No, I think that's a great question. You know, um, you know, a few years back, um, defensively here, I remember back in 2015 kind of 2016, we weren't sure exactly what we wanted to be defensively three, four, four, three Seattle three defense, uh, New England single high man. Um, we kind of went through a little process, and 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 uh, it was really kind of in 16 where I, I kind of took over. And uh, I think we clearly identified exactly what we wanted to do defensively uh, and exactly mm-hmm. what we were looking for in each position. And so, therefore, we were able to go out and find those guys, 2017 draft and on. And, and I think we became a lot better defense because of that because we clearly identified – what we were looking for, uh, and I think that's the process that we're going through uh, right now. We're, we're in the process of having our February draft meetings uh, with the scouts, uh, with Jeff Ireland, Mickey Loomis, myself. We're in there talking through these guys, uh, and we had a chance to get the offensive coaching staff in here over the weekend uh, and really sit down with the you know with the scouts and 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 with the people in the draft room and and kind of go through. Look, th- this is what we're looking for at the quarterback position. This is what we're looking for in an mm-hmm. offensive tackle. This is what we're looking for at the receiver position. So, uh, I think that's been I think that's been mm-hmm. great for our group. Uh, and I think we'll we'll have to continue to have those discussions as we go throughout you know this draft process, and really not just the draft process, but free agency also. Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, I know that's invigorating. I mean, it's got to be like so cool now to have these types of discussions with a new staff and kind of hear new ideas and and to really do this. So let, let's kind of flip it to the other side of the ball, D.A. You know, that's where you've, you've just had one of the best defenses in the NFL for just the longest time. And I want to look at Cam Jordan because last year seemed like just such an aberration. You know, you only had the two sacks. He wasn't putting up, you know, the typical Hall of Fame type of numbers we've seen him put up. Do you consider that just kind of a blip on the radar? You know, and what does he maybe need to do to get back to the Cam that we have seen for more than a decade?
0: Yeah, well, look, I think, I think the thing that I would say about Cam, you know, probably where, where the dip occurred a little bit is just his ability to finish uh, on the quarterback. Um, I think he, they, he was still effective in kind of being able to get around the quarterback. He just didn't finish as well on the quarterback. And so uh, I think that's one of the things that we've got to continue to look at and work at. I think he's still one of the better run players in our league at the defensive end position. Uh, but look, let's be honest. I mean, as we as we all get older, we we we, we start to slow down a little bit. I don't think he's at that point um, where I think he's still got some good football left. Um, and I think it's up to us to try to find the positions and the places to put him in uh, to allow him to still be successful. You know, and and so uh, look, the other thing is he, he he injured his ankle at some point in the season. I think yeah. it might have been the the Minnesota week and. Um, Look, he's such a tough competitor that he just battled through and fought through it. But I think it was probably, you know, six weeks before he started feeling more like himself.
2: Yeah, that's the thing about the Cam Jordan situation, too. A lot of people have been kind of on, on Cam. A lot of the family members be saying, Q, it's time to get away from Cam, this, that, and the third. I still think, and I've said it in this stream and others, that I think Cam Jordan can help you. He did have an ankle issue that slowed him down. You could see him in the game pursuing guys and he just couldn't make it, chasing guys down. You can see the ankle was definitely bothering him. And a lot of people looking at the teetering production in terms of sacks from Cam. But the thing is, Cam's a Saints lifer. He's not going anywhere. He's going to retire as a black and gold guy. The Saints gave him the extension and he's going to be here. And then, of course, we talk about uh, replacing Cam. Well, the Saints, like I, I mentioned earlier in the stream, that the Saints drafted Peyton Turner as a potential placement. They drafted Isaiah Foskey as a potential replacement. So they got two a uh, first round and second round pick defensive linemen in the building currently. So one of those guys potentially could be a replacement for Cam. We don't know. You know, only time will tell which if if these guys are the guy. We also realize the Saints did re-up and give uh, Carl Granderson, who's the 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 guy that's gonna take us into the you know, until the next several years of of high play. They gave our guy, Carl Granderson, a, a contract extension that made him the starter, clearly. So, you know, we have some pluses here. We got that other side taken care of with Carl Granderson. He had a phenomenal season. And Cam, man, we know, you know, Cam Jordan is not as spry as he used to be, but he's still very... Uh, a person that causes problems he, Like they are in the film there Him chasing down running backs Him uh, trying to get to the quarterback We just need to keep him healthy And of course, make sure you have Situational pass rusher role that Where guys can get in there And kind of do their thing as well But listen, if Carl Granderson Keeps doing what he's doing, man That can help, that can help Cam Jordan